The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Mick McCarthy from Off the Ball uh, with me. Uh, Mick, I guess the big sporting uh, fixture on the horizon this weekend is uh, in the rugby Six Nations round two. Ireland taking on the Italian Sunday at three. Mm. Ah, sure. Look, walk in the park. Ah, sure. Yeah. Well, give look, us the trophy. It's a funny situation to be in, Kieran. That the Irish team have actually put themselves in a position where we can actually confidently in sport for once in our entire lives sort of think, yeah, it might actually be a bit of a walk in the park here. You know, like it's a terrible thing. We sound conceited and arrogant and all the things we hate about sports people and sports fans. But I just can't see a world in which Italy can live with Ireland at the moment. And I I was really emphasised on Friday night. You know, you kind of got the World Cup disappointment and everything else you sort of realise the half an hour into the game in Marseille last Friday night, you go, oh, I forgot how good Ireland were. Yeah. I forgot I forgot that trust that we had in them, you know, four or five months ago. Uh, and it just, it's, it's all still there and they're just, they're absolutely like astonishingly good sometimes, you know, and even with, even in the post-Sexton era, it seems like that's yeah. going to continue. A lot of people listening to this, they'll have watched the Irish match last Friday, but they won't have watched the Italians yes. at the weekend. The Italians played well. For they large did. periods of that match. Absolutely. like they, they lost by three points in Rome to England. On paper, that sounds incredible. Like yeah. That sounds like, you know, in places that it, Italy have rarely, if ever, been. However, I think it just should be caveated that, like, England were poor for the majority of the game, especially in the first half. Italy probably had more try-scoring chances than them, but England mm. had all the ball and just were, are not a clinical team at the moment. They're just... A, a very middling England team. Now, Italy, again, pretty good, but I just, it's such a difference between playing England and Rome a, and playing Ireland and Dublin. Yeah. I still think it is hard for us to get our heads around. There's a tendency as well, I think, and, and it's the same every year among some of the rugby pundits to talk up the Italia. Any glimmer yeah. of kind of yeah. hope uh, uh, from kind of the Azuri and suddenly like, oh no, they're back. Don't, we don't need to talk about getting rid of them and bringing in the Georgians or the Romanians exactly. or anyone else. Yeah, Italy yeah. are fine. That is what it is, yeah. And, and they it, rarely are. No, they are. And what you want them is making sure that they can be competitive at home. And, you know, they lost by three points. They got a try in the last second to bring it back yeah. from, from 10 to 3. But still in all, leading at half time, that's exactly where they want to be. But they're just no, nowhere near Ireland's league at the moment. And we can no. talk them up all we want and that's not going to change anything, you know. So, uh, look, Ireland will... They've made a few changes to the team more than you would expect. A lot of them seems to be related to niggles slash injuries, you know, depending on who you read. But uh, it's the same, I suppose, core in that you've got Jack Crowley still there at, at number 10. He's uh, kind of staking his claim as the post-Johnny Sexton. Uh, you've got Joe McCarthy who made such an impact when he played last week. He's playing again. So so that young core that's coming through remains and then they just change a lot of players around it, which is... I think interesting because that's something that they didn't do at all during the World Cup mm. and uh, it shows that Andy Farrell is definitely willing to use his wider squad uh, in the Six Nations. So I think there's enough there that it doesn't look like we're taking Italy lightly but there's also enough there to show yeah. a confidence in I need to see a few more players here and develop the squad a little bit. Uh, Mike Prendergast and Marco Bortolami will be with me after six o'clock uh, to talk about bit more detail about what we can expect kind mm. of early exchanges what to look out for um, the Super Bowl as well it's on Sunday yes. Sunday evening so Kansas City Chiefs uh, played the San Francisco 49ers um, who's going to win? 
uh, TV companies when uh, Taylor Swift appears. <laughs> you can bet. So Kuan was telling me um, you can bet on how often she's going to appear, how many seconds she'll appear on, this, yeah, on the yeah, big Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably an over-under there. There was a one that uh, Willow Callahan just told me a minute ago that uh, apparently there's a bet that you can that Travis Kelsey will propose to her on the field having won Super Bowl what MVP. A, what a beautiful story. 100,000 to 1, which I think is big odds. Is it? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Just, just <laughs> like it won't happen, but it's, those odds are too big. I'm sure I'm, I, I don't think gambling legislation hasn't come in yet, so let me say this while I can. Put a tenner on that, folks. <laughs> I mean that is happening. <laughs> no more than that. Yeah. No more. Than no that. more than that. Uh, yeah. Look, I mean, it, it, it. That's the circus around it, and there's always a bit of circus around the Super Bowl. And this is a particularly fun one with uh, Taylor Swift's epic journey from Tokyo th- back so to Las Vegas. That's the kind of the uh, the the fans like me will kind of dip in around this time yes. of year. That's what we're paying attention to. Real football fans. I mean, that this it's Patrick Mahomes, isn't that? This is that's the story. It, it, there's two brilliant stories here. So you've got. A, a treasured and long-time glorious franchise in the San Francisco 49ers who had this amazing success in the 80s and 90s but haven't won since 1995 so we're 29 years the 1994 mm. season when Steve Young and everything like that followed on from uh, uh, Joe Montana and the 49ers were always going to be there and then they weren't you know and this is what happens in that sport but they've had a few close calls since including losing to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl four years ago and that's all well and good if they are back on top. I think there's a lot of 49ers fans in Ireland going back to the 80s. But they their quarterback is a player that they call in the NFL really unfairly Mr. Irrelevant because that's the person who is selected last in the draft. It's like 262 or something like wow. that. It's the last pick of the entire draft every year. There's seven rounds and they get that that person is known as Mr. Irrelevant. Most of the time they don't make it. If they do, they're certainly not making it as a starting quarterback. He came on as a rookie. Injuries happened. He ended up on the team. He was brilliant. Got injured in the playoffs last year. So didn't get to make it yeah. to the Super Bowl. Probably would have if he didn't get injured. And now he's back in year two and he's still proving it. So if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl as Mr. Irrelevant in year two, <laughs> there's an incredible story there. But yeah. as you rightly say, he is going up against the heir to Tom Brady's throne. Patrick Mahomes is like an absolutely phenomenal footballer. He is in his fourth Super Bowl now. He's going to win, trying to win his third. He's still very early in his career, really. And this season, more than any, I think he is getting those plaudits because they have been... What happens in the NFL between like a free agency and salary cap and everything like that is that teams don't last forever. And they are a weak team this year. They don't have the weapons, as they call it, for the quarterbacks. They don't have the top receivers Mm. in the game as they would have in the past. And somehow they've managed to find a way. And a lot of that is just to do with the magic of Patrick Mahomes. So I think people will see if he wins this time, I think the conversation goes to a new level on his like all-time great pantheon conversation. Okay. Anyway, that is uh, Sunday evening. And Usher is the halftime show. Usher so doesn't get paid for the halftime show. Oh, really? You don't get paid? Exposure. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, Usher probably needs a nobody's heard of him in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's an, a football. I know we had the Nations League draw last night and we had fixtures today, so Ireland... Um, up against England first. England coming to Dublin uh, Saturday at 5 o'clock. Can I ask you about a different football-related story? Yes. Um, they're trialling a kind of a very kind of low level, the introduction of a Sinbin, a blue card mm. in professional football. Yeah, so this was just announced today that they're going to go ahead with some trials for this. And it, it could extend even, um, the FA are certainly considering it in English football and it could go into the FA Cup next season yeah. or the Women's FA Cup. That's not to be confirmed yet. It is an interesting idea 
People are naturally, I would say, wary of any major rule changes in football as VAR to this day, I think, is exposing. You know, it's like we don't like too much change with the game. However, just the more you watch football, the more you see that cynical foul, the one that like pundits are giving out to you for not making. Yeah. You know, and it's like surely that affects what we think of as the game and, and how goals can be scored and chances can be created if if a player is an idiot not for fouling you and taking yeah. a yellow card. So I like the idea. I like I don't know exactly how it's going to work. It's a blue card, it's going to be ten minutes in bin, but for the type of cynical fouls I'm talking about, I think, but you know, nobody really likes the black card in Gaelic football. No. And it sounds it's fun like in, in the, it sounds a great idea in theory because there's lots of things they've tried to and there's kind of different initiatives different years you know yeah. to kind of we're going to get rid of the kind of the, the ag- aggression towards the referee yes, but referees exactly. are really reluctant to start dishing out yellow cards to yeah. players just for kind of shouting at them yeah. they might dish out the odd blue cards and exactly. it might kind of put a halt to people's gather. I did see Paul Merson though this morning and it's hard to argue with his logic but I'm open to persuasion because I don't watch enough football to know but he's making the point he says in rugby it's great because when it happens it opens the game up and a team generally will score. They might score five, seven, or ten points. Mm. He says in football, if you've got a, a sin bin player, you're just going to camp ten players in your own half and just see out the clock because you know that the yeah they're an coming end back. Point. So yeah, you know, you just point. wonder will it just uh, lead to that? It's hard to know. I guess that's the point of the try. It's ex- it's funny because Merson has pointed to one of the many of what I was going to say in that like why do we not like the black card? Because if you say what I said about the fouling, it sounds like a great deterrent, but. It's just the rule of unintended consequences and they don't. we don't always know what these laws and rules yeah. are going to lead to and they tend to just change the game in a way we don't necessarily want changed. That'll be my instinct. It's very early. Maybe yeah. let's see how the trials go. Anyway, listen, Mick, thanks for that. Mick McCarthy yeah. from Off The Ball. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.